Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hi church, my daughter Caitlin the other day just before lockdown brought home a school project. It involved her taking a seed that she'd had to plant in some cotton wool and looking after it, watching it grow and then documenting its growth. The point of the exercise and the project was to teach them to take care of the seed and to see what grows when you take care of a seed. You know, I think God would say the same thing to us is that it's amazing what can grow when you and I take care of the seed. Nothing grows without seed. It's so important that we know that nothing can be fruitful without seed. So the question then becomes, well, how do we get seed and where do we get seed from? Well, the answer is found in Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. The Scripture tells us that God is the one who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, and that not only that, but he'll supply and increase our store of seed. The amazing thing about this text is that God gives seed, but he gives it to a specific category of people, namely to those who sow. God gives seed to the sower, the scripture says, not to the hoarder, not to the panic buyer, not even to the saver. God gives seed to the sower, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10. And so if God gives seed to the sower, and if seed is the key to growth, then I want to be a sower. I want to be somebody that sows seed. The way to more financially at this time is not to save, not to hoard, not to stockpile, not to panic buy. The way to financial security, ironically at this time, is to sow because God gives seed to the sower. You can sow and invest today and in the season can I encourage you to sow like never before. On the screen right now you'll see the bank details for Thrive Boxburg and Edenville and you'll also see the snap scan codes for both campuses. You can literally while I'm talking and while they're on the screen right now you can scan those QR codes that will enable you to give via SnapScan. You can note and take the bank details of both campuses and give in that way electronically. Or if you're watching via Church Online in the top right-hand corner of the screen right now, there'll be a giving tab. If you click on that, it'll enable you to give electronically, which is safe, easy, and convenient. As you prepare your giving in this moment, your sowing, let me pray for you. Father, thank you that you are the one who provides seed. Help us to remember in this moment that it's you who provides the seed. Not the world, not the economy, not our jobs. It's you. Help us to follow your word. Help us to be doers and practices of your word at this time. Help us to put it into practice by sowing and investing. And as we do so, thank you that we can bank on your promise that says you give more seed to the one who sows. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, we're about to watch another life-giving message from Pastor Byron. As we do so, let's remain engaged, plugged in, and receptive to God's Word. Hey everybody and welcome to Thrive Online, our second week streaming our services online. Wherever you might be watching today, welcome. We pray and hope that today's message encourages you, inspires you, lifts your faith, helps you and strengthens you. 
As we've just entered a season of lockdown in our country in South Africa, we pray that the message helps you today. And speaking about lockdown, it's important for you to know that this message was pre-recorded in anticipation of the lockdown. So we're obeying government's orders and we're not recording this live. It's not streaming live. This is a pre-recorded message, but we do hope that it helps and encourages you and strengthens you. And while we're in this time of, of lockdown and while this term social distancing has been floating around, I wanna encourage us as a church uh, that while we might have to be physically distant, let's not be socially distant. Let's remember at this time to be more connected possibly than ever before. Let's make sure that we're connected with those people around us, those people that we love. Let's stay connected to our family, to our friends. Let's stay connected to our Thrive Church community. Stay up to date with what's going on. Obviously, we're gonna be streaming services every Sunday for the time being, 8, 9, 10, and 5 p.m., four stream times to choose from. Invite some people at this time to join you online and so that they can experience it as well. Let's be reaching, let's be outwardly focused at this time. Let's make sure that we stay up to date with everything that's happening in the life of our church. And today I pray that the message helps and strengthens and encourages you today. I wanna to start today by telling you about an incredible South African and, and actually worldwide surfing legend, a man called Chris Burtish. Chris is an incredible surfer, but not only an incredible surfer, an incredible waterman. Uh, Chris is a, a big wave surfer. And in 2010, he was invited to surf the Mavericks competition. That competition takes place all around the world. It's like the big daddy of big wave surfing competitions. In 2010, Chris was invited to surf it. He bought a plane ticket very quickly to California, made his way to California, landed. But as he landed, he realized with dismay that his luggage was not with him. Now, this wasn't just a lack of clothes that he was about to experience. This was the fact that his surfboard and his wetsuit had not joined him. And so he had a decision to make. He made the decision to continue and to compete in the Mavericks competition using a borrowed wetsuit and a borrowed surfboard. He joined the competition, began to surf, and on the first day of the competition, Chris took three massive wipeouts. He wiped out on three of the biggest waves he had ever seen in his life. 60 foot waves. Now, if you're wondering what a 60 foot wave looks like, you'll see it on the screen. That is a 60 foot wave. It's the equivalent of 20 stories. And that's him at the bottom over there. A 60 foot wave is enormous. On the first wipeout that he took, uh, he, he wiped out so badly that his top teeth went through completely through his bottom lip. And the wipeout was so massive that the water dragged him 1.2 kilometers underwater in the space of a mere 20 seconds. That's how epic the wipeout was. That's how bad it was. He recovered from that. He was rescued by a jet ski. They took him to shore. He sat on the beach for a little while, regained his wits, regained his composure, regained his courage, and decided that he wanted to continue with the competition. As he continued with the competition, he surfed the biggest waves he had ever surfed in his life before. He ended up taking a monster wave, another 60-footer, and he won the competition with one of those waves. His victory became one of surfing's legendary stories. Uh, it became a best-selling novel and documentary. And Chris has won countless other awards too. Most recently in 2017, he won an award for being the first man to stand up paddle on a stand up paddle board and cross the Atlantic Ocean 
by himself, solo, on a stand-up paddleboard, a distance of seven and a half thousand kilometers. Can you imagine being on a paddleboard by yourself, crossing the Atlantic Ocean, seven and a half thousand kilometers? What an amazing, amazing man. And I love Chris's story because it's so encouraging for us at this time. I think if you're like me, you feel like you've been caught inside one of the biggest waves of our generation. Certainly in our lifetime, uh, the coronavirus is one of the biggest waves that we have faced in our time. And it feels like, perhaps if you're like me, it feels like our world is wiping out badly and we wonder to ourselves, how will we make it out of this wave? Will we make it out to the other side? The title of the message today is How to Survive the Big Waves. That's really the question that faces us as we face the biggest wave that certainly many of us can remember. How to survive the big waves. See, Chris is a different man. He thinks different, he speaks different, he lives differently. There was a man in scripture who's almost like an ancient version of Chris Burtish. He too had a different spirit and a different attitude. He, he didn't live like the people in the culture around him lived. He too lived at a time when fear was the prevailing narrative. He too lived at a time when so many people were fearful and wondering how they're gonna go forward in life. He lived at a time like that. He was one of a team of 12 sent by the leader of Israel to check out the promised land. The nation of Israel had come out of Egypt, out of bondage and out of slavery. They'd made it through the wilderness, God leading them out of the wilderness. And now they stood on the brink of the promised land. They stood on the brink of the land that God wanted to give them. And this man, his name was Caleb, was sent as a team of 12 to check out the land and bring back a report. They did check out the land and they did bring back a report and they brought back a report that was mixed. Two of the 12, Caleb and his friend Joshua, brought back a report of faith and not fear. But the other 10 brought back a report saying how great the land was, but that the giants were really big and the cities were really huge and there's no way Israel could go forward and take hold of and possession of that land. Caleb lived differently though. In fact, God himself describes Caleb as being a man with a different spirit. Numbers chapter 14, an incredible passage of scripture because imagine being described like this by God. My servant Caleb, he says, has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me and so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess the full share of that land. Three thoughts today about Caleb that I think will help us to navigate the biggest wave that many of us have ever faced before. That is that Caleb thought differently, spoke differently, and lived differently. Caleb thought differently, and we see in the book of Numbers the stark contrast between the way Caleb thought and the way that the rest of the spies, the other 10, thought. We see in stark contrast Caleb's report of faith and their report of fear. We see in stark contrast Caleb's thinking that was filled with faith. He had a, a thought life that was full of faith while the others, the crowd, had a thought life that was full of fear. Here we see the crowd in Numbers chapter 13. This was their report to Moses, the scripture says. We entered the land you sent us to explore and it is indeed a bountiful country. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. Up to now the report is good. But, and it really is a big but in this time. He says, but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. So there's the crowd's report, filled with fear. 
Now we see how Caleb thinks. Caleb, uh, Caleb thinks about things differently. Numbers chapter 14, verse eight. It says, if the Lord is pleased with us, listen to how he speaks. He will bring us into that land and he will give it to us. It's a land rich, flowing with milk and honey. Caleb thought differently. And church, there were two keys. There were two reasons why Caleb thought so differently. Firstly, we need to see that Caleb thought differently because he banked on and he knew the promises of God. Caleb knew his God. Caleb knew his scriptures. Caleb knew the word of God. Caleb knew what God had planned. The reason is because God had been promising his people for hundreds of years. In fact, over 500 years, God had been promising his people that they would enter this land. And so when the moment of opportunity comes, when the season arrives, and when Caleb gets asked to go into the land and check it out, he comes back with a thought life that is shaped by the promises of God. He says to the Israel, this is the time, this is the season. God's been promising this for years. Now is our time, now is our opportunity. You see, in the back of his mind was not fear. In the back of his mind was the promises of God that he knew. What enables us to think differently in seasons of big waves is when our thought life is shaped by the promises of God. But Caleb not only had the promises of God to bank on, he knew that he could bank on and rely on the presence of God. Numbers chapter 14, verse nine. He says, do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Caleb knew he could rely on the presence of God. What helps us to think differently, church, is to remember that we have the promises of God and the presence of God. Hey, in this season, I wanna remind you and encourage you it wasn't only Caleb, it wasn't only the nation of Israel who had the promises of God to bank on. You and I have promises in God's word. Jesus himself spoke to us in Matthew chapter six. And he said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in bonds. For your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Jesus encourages us and reminds us that he will take care of his people. Psalm 37 verse 25 was so encouraging to me this week. He says, once I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. We too have the promises of God at our disposal, located in the word of God. And we have the presence of God, that God is not distant at this time, but that he is near, that he promises his presence that we have the Holy Spirit with us, alongside us. The Holy Spirit is called the paraclete. That, that means he comes alongside of us. He doesn't go ahead of us, he doesn't go behind us, he comes alongside of us. What enables us to think differently at this time is that we can remember we have the promises of God and the presence of God. Because Caleb thought differently, he spoke differently. Caleb's speech was different to the culture and the words of fear that surrounded him at that time. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, tells us how Caleb spoke. It says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. You can feel and sense the urgency in his speech. You can feel and sense the faith in his speech, can't you? And whereas the culture spoke words of fear, we see how Caleb spoke words of faith. These were not empty words, these were not naive words. These were words that were shaped 
by the thoughts that he had. The thoughts that he had were the promises of God, the presence of God. Caleb kept going back to the promises of God and the presence of God, and that shaped his thinking, which shaped his speech. Remember, we only speak what is already within us. In Luke 6, Jesus actually reminds us that it's out of the overflow of our hearts that we speak. It's what goes on inside of us that comes out in our speech. Caleb not only spoke differently, but Caleb knew the importance of voices in critical seasons and critical times. Caleb knew that there would be some voices that would need to be silenced, some voices that would need to be quietened down. In Numbers 13, that same scripture we've just been in, it tells us that Caleb tried to quiet the people. You can see the highlighted text as they stood before Moses. He knew that the people, he knew that the voices of fear needed to be quietened. Church, in this time, it's so important that you and I discern and recognize that there are voices of fear that need to be quietened in our lives. Those might be voices on social media. They might be voices on mainstream media. They might be voices of people that we love and respect that are close to us, but they're filled with fear at this time. They might be voices of uninformed opinion. So important that at this time we recognize and realize that some, the voices of fear need to be quietened. The volume of them needs to be brought down at this time. Just this last week, I've had to exit a couple of WhatsApp groups because the level of fear, the level of negativity is just so bad, I can't cope with it. This is not me being naive. This is simply me realizing that I need a balanced diet when I, it comes to my thinking. My spirit needs a balanced diet. Words are really, really important. The voices we listen to at this time are really, really important. This quote tells us, that words are seeds that do more than blow around. They land in our hearts and not the ground. Be careful what you plant and careful what you say. You might have to eat what you planted one day. Caleb was happy to be a minority voice of faith, and I am too. The result of Caleb thinking differently and speaking differently is that he lived differently. Caleb lived with two distinctive hallmarks to his life. There were two distinctive characteristics to his life that he lived with. Firstly, Caleb lived with a, a wholehearted servant-heartedness. He lived serving God wholeheartedly, and he lived extraordinarily generously. Scripture tells us this. Numbers 14, 24 describes how Caleb served God wholeheartedly. God himself says, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and he follows me wholeheartedly, I'll bring him into the land that, I, that he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Caleb served God wholeheartedly. That was a hallmark. It was a characteristic of his life. But we also see in scripture how not only did he serve God wholeheartedly, but he was extraordinarily generous. There's a story in Joshua chapter 15 of how Caleb showed his generosity to his daughter, Aksa, and his son-in-law, Othniel. Story goes very quickly that he had given them land already, but now his daughter comes to him and basically asks him for more. Joshua 15 tells the story. And his daughter comes to him and he looks at her face and he can see that she's downcast. He can see that she's a little bit dickbick about something. Now he says to her, what's wrong? And she goes, well, I know you've given me land but would you mind giving me the springs and the upper and the lower springs? She wasn't content just with the land. She wanted water as well. And not only some water, a lot of water. And Caleb, I love the scripture in Joshua 15. It just says right at the end, Caleb gave her the upper and the lower springs. He just lived so open-handed. 
Caleb lived differently, church. He lived serving God wholeheartedly and he lived generously. So important in this time of lockdown that we don't live with a lockdown mentality. So important that we start to become thoughtful and creative about how it is that we can serve God wholeheartedly and how it is that we can be generous. This moment presents different opportunities for us to serve God wholeheartedly. There might be some elderly people in your life that you care about. Why don't you make a decision, hey, I'm gonna buy them groceries. Go out, get some groceries. We're allowed to go to the grocery store. Get to the grocery store, buy them some groceries, deliver it to them on your way home. You don't need to make physical contact with them. You could just simply watch and wait to see that they get out safely, able to collect what you've bought them and get back inside safely. We can take care of the elderly at this time. We, we can serve God wholeheartedly that when we're at the grocery store or if we're at the doctor or any of the emergency things that we're allowed, that when we encounter the poor, we serve them well. We serve them well by simply saying hi to them. We acknowledge them, we greet them, that we, we try and feed them at this time. If you've got some food with you, if you're able to resource them in any way, we can serve God wholeheartedly still in this season. We can also be serving our families well in this time. As we literally go into lockdown, as families get closer together than they've ever been before, 21 days of just your family. Husbands and wives, let's remember to serve each other well. Parents, let's serve our kids well. You know, one of the ways we can do that is by discipling them and growing them in their faith at this time. Our kids own leadership has put some incredible resources together. You can locate them at our, web, at our website, thrivechurch.co.za. Just click on the Kids Zone tab and you'll notice that we've stocked it full of uh, kids' resources to help you disciple and look after and grow your kids in their faith at this time. One of those resources are, that I must mention is an incredible app called ParentQ. This last Sunday, Pastor Ken and I did church with our kids via the app. There's some incredibly engaging video stories there for the kids, great follow-up questions, great thought-provoking material for them, and it's an amazing way for us to disciple our kids in this time. That's how parents, we can serve our kids. We can teach our kids to serve the family by teaching them to help around the house, to literally fix the dishwasher, or empty the dishwasher, pack the dishwasher, do dishes, wash the car, Help around the house, Make, help them to know what it is to serve the family at this time. As a family and as family members, let's serve each other well at this time. Let's live like Caleb did, serving God wholeheartedly. Let's also live like he did, extraordinarily generously. This time is not a time for us to begin to be closed-fisted. This is a time for us to live open-handed. This is not a time for us to start thinking about stockpiling and hoarding and adopting the mentality of the culture around us where we, we pull everything together and we close up shop and we go into a hoarding mentality. Let's not live like that. Remember, when it comes to our money and our finances, this is the one area, it's the only area where God encourages us and invites us to test Him. He says, hey, if you will be faithful and if you will be full of faith and if you will bring the best of your financial provision, that is the first 10% of your income as your tithe, and if you'll bring offerings and be generous with offerings over and above that, see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out an incredible blessing for you. That promise is found in Malachi 3. It's the only area where God invites us to test Him. And every month at the end of the month, as we, it's the end of the month now, uh, every time we get income, there's a test. 
And the question is whether we're gonna pass the test and bring God our best and be generous in that moment. And the encouraging thing is that as we pass the test, the test then moves to God. And he then passes the test by being faithful to us and ensuring our provision. Now more than ever, I need to trust God for my provision. Now more than ever, I need to be generous. Now more than ever, I need to take God at his will and test him in this. Hey church, let's live generously. If you're watching via church online, we've made it easy for you to, to be able to give electronically in the top right-hand side of your screen. There's a giving tab. That'll just take you to a portal where we can give online. Of course, um, bank details you would have seen in the service are available. We've given you our bank details at Thrive Church that you can continue to give, and we encourage you to give electronically by EFT. Um, if you're watching through another medium today, our, our website has our bank details located on it, and you would have seen it in the uh, offering segment earlier in the message. Come on, church, let's make sure that we continue to give and sow and invest into God's kingdom. We've got so much to reach. And already, I'm so encouraged because our reach as a church has continued to expand. It's continuing to grow. God is doing incredible things through the online stream. And you're a part of that through your giving and through your investment into the life of our community. So as you do so, may God give you the faith to continue to be generous at this time. You know, church, when a big wave like this hits, when a big wave called the coronavirus hits, we've got a choice. We can either decide, hey, I'm gonna sit on the beach, having been wiped out by the wave, I'm gonna sit on the beach, I'm gonna nurse and lick my wounds, I'm gonna get into my car and I'm gonna leave the competition, or we can decide like Chris, we can decide like Caleb, hey, this is not a time to go into my shell, this is not a time to quit, this is a time to rest, to recuperate, to understand what God might be doing in this, and to get back out into the game because the next wave is gonna be better. Caleb thought differently. He anchored his thoughts in the presence and promises of God. You and I, we can think differently in this time. We can anchor our, pres our thought life in the presence and the promises of God. Because we think differently, we will speak differently. We won't speak words of fear, but we'll speak words of faith. Because we think differently and because we speak differently, we'll end up living differently. Living full of generosity, living serving God wholeheartedly. I'm so encouraged by Caleb's story because the way his story ends is that 45 years after having first laid eyes on the land that he had been promised, 45 years later, God eventually allows him to set foot in the land. There's a difference and a time lapse of 45 years from when he laid eyes on it to when he set foot on it. 40 of those years were spent when he had to literally wait for the rest of his unbelieving generation to die out in the wilderness. 40 years passed, they all died out. The, the nation of Israel went into the promised land as they did so. Five years of conquering the nations around them. And so 45 years in total, after he first laid eyes on the land, Caleb walks into his land. He sets foot on it. And he, got, he sees the goodness and the faithfulness and the promise of God become a reality. It is possible for us to live differently. It is possible for us to be people with a different spirit at this time. It is possible for us to survive the big waves. We do so by thinking differently, speaking differently, and living differently. Ultimately, though, it's Jesus who makes all the difference in this. It's Jesus that enables us to live differently. Jesus is the one who makes all the difference. 
for those of you who may not have a friendship or a relationship with God and with Jesus, I wanna speak to you just for a minute or two this morning. And I want to help you to take the next steps towards living differently through a friendship and through a relationship with Jesus. You see, the next step in this is to understand that Jesus said three things that are really, really important. Firstly, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no woman can come to the Father except through me, which means that if you want a friendship with Jesus, if you want a relationship with Father God here on earth and for eternity, it all starts with, the journey starts with the person of Jesus. It starts with us making a decision regarding Jesus. Secondly, Jesus said that anyone who believes in him will have everlasting life. What's important in this moment now is not your past. It's not what you've done, where you've been. What's most important in this moment is not your performance, whether you've been good or bad. What matters most in this moment right now is what you believe, because Jesus said, whoever believes in me has everlasting life. What's of paramount importance now is what you believe about Jesus. And Jesus wants us to believe something very, very simple about him, but incredibly profound. And that is that he was and is the son of God, that he walked on this earth for 33 years. He, he walked and lived a blameless life, a perfect life. Never once did he disappoint God. Never once did he fall short of God's holy standard. He lived perfectly for 33 years. And at the end of those 33 years, although he lived a perfect life, he allowed himself to be brutally crucified. He died on a cross, was buried in a tomb and was there for three days, but on the third day, God raised him from the dead through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the powerful thing about the gospel is that anyone who believes in him, in that moment, immediately becomes a son and a daughter of God, which means that we now identify ourselves fully with Christ, which means that his resurrection becomes our resurrection, which means that as he resurrected Christ from the grave, he resurrects you and I from our graves, the graves of worry, the graves of anxiety, the graves of despair, the graves of depression. He rescues us from that. He rescues us from the graves of our past. He rescues us from our addictions and destructive habits. In the moment we put our faith in Jesus, he rescues us, he resurrects us from those graves, there is a next step to take. So what do we need to do? Well, it's, it's as simple and as clear as this. You see, the third thing Jesus said is that he stands at the door of our hearts and he knocks. And that anybody who hears him, responds to him, opens the door of their heart, opens their life to him, invites him in. The scripture says that he comes in and he dines with us and us with him. Scripture reminds us and tells us that the moment we say yes to him, he comes in and he becomes a part of our lives. He begins to make us a follower of Jesus. It means in this moment that there's an opportunity to become a son and a daughter of God. If you wanna start that journey today, I'd love the great privilege of helping you with that. In this moment and in this time, you can give effect to that decision. If the Holy Spirit has been prompting you, if you're feeling stirred in this moment to do that, you can give expression to that simply by clicking the raised hand. It'll be in the bottom right-hand side of your screen if you're watching via our church online platform at this time. Simply click on the raised hand to indicate this is the decision I'm making in this time. And as you do so, it'd be my great privilege and honor to pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your sacrifice, Father, that you would send your one and only Son to die for us. Thank you, Jesus, that though you lived a perfect life, 
You were prepared to subject yourself to the greatest exchange ever made. Your life for our sin. Thank you for your selflessness. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness towards us. And in this moment, we wanna say yes to you. In this moment, I'm making a decision to follow you. I'm opening the door of my life and inviting you into my life. And I'm trusting that in this moment, as I make this decision, your Holy Spirit is gonna enter my life that in this moment as I make this decision, I'm now becoming a son and a daughter of the Most High God. In this moment, would you forgive me for my sin? Would you forgive me for where I've gone wrong in the past? Would you cleanse me as your word says that you do? And would you begin to write a new story in my life? In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision, I want you to know that all around our community, as people are watching online all over the show, we have a culture in our church that we are celebrating. Literally, there are people in front of their computers and their TVs right now going crazy for you, celebrating. Congratulations on the best decision you could ever make. And as you've indicated that decision, I wanna give you a next step, and that is to get to our website, thrivechurch.co.za, where you'll be able to find some useful resources to start you on your journey. You see, because this is the starting point and not the end point. This is just the beginning of your journey of faith. Church, for the rest of us, as we enter this lockdown period, as we're just a couple of days into us, remember we can and we will survive the big wave. We can think differently, we will speak differently, we will live differently, we will live with extraordinary generosity, we will live with open-handedness, we will live serving God wholeheartedly, and as we do so, we'll come out on the other side stronger, and built up in our faith. Grace and peace to each and every one of you as you enter the season. May you know the presence and the promises of God as a reality in your life. Take care, everybody. God bless. Look after yourselves during this time, and we'll see you next week at Thrive Online. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.